what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. Today, we are talking about how to live your epic life. How to live your epic life. Now, I know that we are in a culture that prides itself on hustle mode, beast mode. We don't rest. (laughs) We can rest or we can sleep when we die. It's that sort of mentality. However, this isn't that kind of message. In fact, we actually as believers, and even if you're not a believer, really open your heart to receive some of what is going to be shared today. But we really learn to rest. It's a seated position in Christ where we're actually available for wisdom. We're available for revelation. We can be still and know God, and we can really receive direction and guidance for how to show up in life that when we are hustling and we're pushing and we're forcing, we're trying to keep up with what people are doing and what people are saying, we're missing out on on really an epic life that we're called to. So I'm going to break down how to live your epic life today. And, and give you some, some word to back that up, of course. That's what we do here at Spirit-Filled Real Talk. And then leave you with a couple words of encouragement, too, that you can really unpack in your quiet time with God and your personal relationship with God. So with that, let's dive into this. I... If you're new and if you don't know, I actually have a graduate degree in film production, (laughs) among many other different things. That is one of the things that I pursued and and received a lot of education in and a lot of training in. And what I love most about having a, a master's degree of that nature is that it taught me so much about life. It taught me so much about a, a hero's journey, if you will, or the power of testimony. It taught me so much about people in psychology and sociology. It taught me so much about stories and storytelling in general and how to be a better communicator. It just taught me about life, <laughs> right? And what I love about that is it also gave me this beautiful formula that I'm going to share with you today for being able to live an epic life. So I'm going to give you some of my my film nerd expertise here and just give you a very simple formula. This is not complicated at all, but I really hope that it provides some insight because I know as we live life, we think that if we're dealing with challenges, if we're facing you know, different obstacles that we're probably off the path or that we're doing something wrong or that God's likely not in this and that 
is often not the case at all. And we miss out on so much on our journeys because we have that belief, okay? So here is the formula. Dun, 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 dun. Sound effects help everything, guys. All right, so epic life formula. There is always a flawed main character, myself, you, <laughs> right? As perfect as you might think you are. There is always a flawed main character who chooses to embark on a worthy ambition, okay? So when you picture going to a movie or maybe you're even watching your favorite television show, there is the arc of the narrative. There's an arc of the story, right? And it involves your protagonist, the main character, who is a flawed main character who embarks on a worthy ambition, who goes on a journey. And that's why we watch it. We don't go to movies because there isn't a messy middle and something excited to really get into where we're really wrestling with, oh man, are they going to figure it out? Are they going to, you know, if it's a relationship, if it's a couple, are they going to get back together after that? Are they going to drift apart? What's going to happen, right? We get involved in that messy middle and we get really engaged in that. So, Number one, there is a flawed main character, okay? And with that, there comes a point really in all of our lives where we must choose to walk the narrow path, okay? The path in life, according to the world, right, is broad, it's wide. There's so many things that you can go learn and pursue and run after, even take a term, right, like spirituality, what does that mean, okay? When people say, I'm spiritual, what do you mean, right? Do you believe in God and what one, right? Do you believe in Jesus or do you believe in somebody else, right? It's so broad. It could be astrology. <laughs> it could be Buddha. It could be, you know, so many different things. And that's not what we talk about here for the record, but that's a broad path. You know, I'm going to get fed by many different things and hoping that the right things are just going to stick. But there comes a point in all of our lives where we must choose to walk the narrow path. The word talks about that. Let me bring you to the exact address on this. Dun, dun, dun. So that you understand where I'm coming from if you're new. Dun, ba, da, da, da. Okay. So it says in Matthew, this is Matthew 7, 13 and 14, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it, okay? Many are led astray. The word also says my people perish for lack of knowledge, all right? But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Okay? That's a Selah moment or a mic drop moment, right? So there comes a point in all of our lives where we must choose to walk the narrow path, to not pursue all sorts of different things, right? But to decide who. <laughs> we're going to pursue and what truth we're going to run after, okay? And the beautiful thing about making choices, as soon as we change our choices, 
we change our lives. It really is that simple. Now I know in practicality, it's easier said than done, but as soon as we change our choices, we change our lives, okay? So back to the formula. We have a flawed character, me, you, right? Who pursues a worthy ambition or embarks on a worthy journey, which I'll elaborate on in a second, why I'm using that choice word, right? And then the third piece, this character who goes on this worthy ambition or embarks on this journey, then faces resistance and an antagonist, okay? So the character has to overcome resistance and antagonists, all right? Just like there's the protagonist or the main character, the antagonist is the character that is there simply to be the opposition and bring the resistance. This is the enemy of our soul who has the objective to kill, steal, and destroy. He has a three-part agenda. That is what he's here to do every day, in every season, in any way that he can, right? And he is diligent about that. Therefore, we must be diligent about our own journey and really focus, all right? So here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. (laughs) I want to reiterate, many of us think or have come under the belief, right? The truth or the belief that we stand under, that is our understanding. So we have an understanding that because there's resistance, something is wrong, when really the opposition and the resistance is necessary. It's necessary. It's part of the journey, right? Every journey has it. There's two things that it creates. It creates tension, okay? And then it also brings about transformation. So if there was no resistance, there would be no tension, there'd be no pressure, there'd be no sense of urgency, there'd be no change, and there'd be no transformation because of that, all right? We need resistance in order to transform. Despite how we feel, despite what we think, we need resistance in order to transform. And God says that anything that the enemy brings against us, God can work that and use that for our good to bring about our transformation and to bring about his wonderful new and the good plans that he has for us in his life. So it doesn't matter what the enemy brings against you, what the challenges are, what the obstacles are, what the resistance is, God works that for good. I think I might need to give you another address on that. (laughs) Da, da, da. Let me pull it one second. I know some of you write down these verses, so I want to make sure that I bring it out for you. So this is Romans 8.28 for those of you that are Bible students and scholars, right? So Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Okay? So even if the enemy is bringing this evil stuff against you, God will work it for good. So we need the resistance. The resistance is natural, it's normal, and it's necessary. If you can accept that belief, then you won't resist the resistance. You'll understand that that's a part of it, and you'll have a different mindset and a different approach for how you navigate life, okay? So living... An epic life is all about embracing a couple of things. Number one, that we're chosen and even in our flawed state, God has covered us, okay? And I'm going to pull 
Jeremiah 1.5 on that point. So I'm not just coming up with this out of thin air. This is truth because this is spirit-filled real talk. All right. <laughs> so Jeremiah, here it is. 1.5 says this, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. Okay. And then another one just on being chosen, right? First Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, right? That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, okay? So number one, living an epic life is about the fact that we're chosen, embracing the fact that we're chosen. Even in our flaws, God has covered us. Number two, God has given us the power of choice. He's given us authority and we can choose to walk worthy. We can choose to pursue a worthy ambition and to walk a worthy journey. All right. This is actually echoed in Colossians. It's Colossians 1, 8 through 10. Here it is. Ready? Dun, 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 dun. We have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. This is the life verse. <laughs> Again, it's Colossians 1, 8 through 10. So God has given us the power of choice and we can choose to walk worthy and we can pray for help and for strength to do that. We can even ask other people for help on the journey as well, fully acknowledging that we can't do everything in our own power and in our own strength. All right. And then number three, we don't need to be surprised by the stuff that comes up against us on a daily basis that's designed to knock us off our path or shift our focus or distract us, right? We don't have to be surprised by that, okay? What is worthy of pursuing requires us to war to get it, <laughs> right? And the way we war in the spirit is very different than we war in the natural. It's not all just done by our hustle and by our action. It's actually done through prayer and through spiritual warfare and keeping our armor on and resting in God. A lot of things that you wouldn't just anticipate to do. It's quite different when you're warring in the spirit versus in the natural. And it's also important to remember that God uses resistance as a transformational agent. So when you experience resistance, you can ask God for the wisdom. God, what would you have me learn? What wisdom would you have me gain in this season? What are you bringing to my attention? And it's actually James that talks about this. He talks about trials and temptations. Okay, and he talks about this literally in James 1. Okay, and in James verse 2, this is what he says. Consider it pure joy. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, 
right? We don't like to consider those as pure joy, right? We raise our eyebrows at that. But here he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives it generously to all without finding fault and it will be given you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Okay, so I just want to pull something out of here. Again, this is James verse 1. This is James 1, 2 through 8. All right, so here's the thing. We're to count it joy when we're in a trial because that we know that when we're in this trial, not only is it going to test our faith and really reveal what's in us, but this is also where we receive wisdom and we tap into this potential that God put on the inside of us and we grow and mature in our Christ-likeness. We become better, (laughs) right? If we choose, right? And if we lack wisdom, which sometimes is why trials come because we lack wisdom. So if any of us lacks wisdom, we can ask God for it and he will give it to us. Okay. So that is really powerful to remember. So I just want to now transition into a couple of things as well that you can really think through to bring this all together. Okay. So what's really interesting is that the same formula for an epic story, whether that is a reality TV show, because yes, those are scripted, whether it's a TV show, whether it's a movie or a film, right? Even marketing and advertising, they do this too. So the same formula for an epic story, all right, is the exact same for an epic life. And an epic life is the life that God wants us to have and wants us to live and we're worthy of it. This is coming from John 10, 10, right? He came that we would have life and life more abundantly. So his message in John 10, 10 is a message of freedom that we can choose to carry with us as we live. As we walk out our journey, we can choose to embrace the freedom that he died to give us, right? And here's how we do that. Just in case you're like, I love the formula. This sounds great. I see how it's rooted in scripture. This is so interesting, right? Okay, cool. But how, right? I hear you. I hear you. (laughs) All right. Have some patience. This is actually coming from Proverbs 21, 21 that puts it so blatantly clear you can't miss it. All right. Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. (laughs) Did you hear that? Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. That is epic, okay? That is literally a how. That is a strategy for how you live your epic life. You have an understanding of what living an epic life looks like and how you do it is through Proverbs 21, 21. This really means that we 
really choose this narrow path, okay, by properly aligning our actions, okay, and our choices. So we, we take on this cooperative posture to run in the rhythm with the Lord, all right? And this means that our daily life, what we're doing, we have a daily life pursuit of pursuing righteousness, which is right choices, meaning we decide that we're going to line up our belief and our actions and our behaviors to the truth of God's word. We're not just going to fly by the seat of our pants. We're not just going to chase after what other people are doing. We are going to intentionally, diligently, consciously line up our beliefs and our behaviors to the truth of God's word, okay? And as we do this every day, as we practice that, as that's our standard, as that's our lifestyle, we start to learn love. We start to learn to love, love God completely and what that means, right? We love because he so loved us. That's how we're able to love. So as we receive God's love, we learn to love God completely by prioritizing him and by running after his heart and seeking his face, right? And when we learn to love God completely, we can love ourselves correctly and then we can love others unconditionally. Whoo, Lord, come on. That is some revelation, guys. When we learn to love God completely, we can love ourselves correctly and we can love others unconditionally. There's a direct correlation to how that flows, okay? And that comes from applying Proverbs 20, 21, 21, 21, all right? So it's essentially a call to action to get rooted in our identity because when we're rooted in our identity, then we know how to handle daily choices and situations properly. We know what to do to handle them well and to steward well what we've been given, okay? And we, we can recognize what situations require and how to really show up rather than run from them, okay? And then when we are rooted and when we are anchored, we can actually bring more value. So instead of going into situations trying to figure out what our value is or if we're needed or if we can be useful in some kind of way, if we're actually rooted and grounded and we know our identity in Christ, we know what we're called to, we know what we have in our hands, we know the value that we can bring to the table, then we will assert ourselves and do that. We will use our authority. And when you show up in a room and you know the value that you bring, it's a totally different experience. You actually add more value and people need that. They want that. So I think about this even in like a work situation. So picture, you know, you're hired for a, a leadership position of some kind. It could be management, operations, something, right? If you kept going to your boss and asking them what they need and what you can do to help them without taking initiative, without anticipating needs, without just asserting yourself or offering suggestions, bringing your creativity, bringing your authority to the table, it would start to get really annoying because your boss doesn't have time to constantly be telling you what to do. They hired you to do a job and they trusted you to do it well. So you showing up and initiating and anticipating needs and, and really bringing value to the table is impressive, right? And the more value you bring, the more they wanna keep you around. So that's just an example. But when we show up and we bring value, it's a totally different experience than when we're trying to figure out who we are. We don't handle situations well 
when we don't know who we are and when we don't know our value and when we don't know what we bring to the table. We also don't handle situations well when we're not rooted and grounded. When we are anxious, when we are stressed out, when we're burnt out, when we're just trying to push and giving in to all the pressure, we turn out like crazy humans. And it's not fun for anybody to be on the receiving end of a crazy, difficult human. Not fun, <laughs> right? But Proverbs 21:21 is helping us to properly align our actions and our choices with God's truth. We can really lean into this cooperative posture to run in rhythm with the Lord. And when we do that, things have a way of working out for us and things have a way of making way for us. We have a tendency to show up in the right place at the right time and have the words to say and have the wisdom to to give and have the solutions that are needed. It is a totally different way of operating and it is impressive, all right? So recap, live your epic life. My question to you on today is, do you believe that right now where you are, you are living an epic life? Right, keeping in mind that you are a flawed character embarking on a journey <laughs> or a worthy ambition, not just a random journey, and overcoming resistance and antagonists. Do you have a narrative like that in your life? Do you have testimonies of how you've done that in your life? Right? And as you live an epic life, are you embracing these truths? So if it's yes or no to number one, next question is. Living an epic life, right, is all about embracing that you're chosen, that God has given you the power of choice, and that you don't have to be surprised by the things that come against you. So how are you doing? Are you resisting living an epic life or are you living an epic life? And what I'll say to that too is this is actually very similar to maintaining or multiplying. All right, so let me just break this down for a second. Many people many humans, okay, but not not anybody listening to this, but many humans, you probably know them, just maintain in life, right? They push and push until they get to a certain comfort zone and then they sit and then they stay there because it's comfortable. Well, this is actually working for me. I could want more, but that requires too much risk and too much, you know, trouble. <laughs> I just want to maintain that that's good enough for me, okay? And they settle, right? Maintaining is a, is a, a, let's see, a nice way of saying you're settling, okay? When we're actually, as believers, specifically called to multiply, okay? So we're called to multiply anything that we're given, whether that's our talent, whether that's the exposure to different education that we have, whether it's tools and strategies that we've been given, whether it's resources that we've been given, whether it's gifts that we've been given, we're called to multiply those. So take the same example of being in a workplace, okay? We're called to multiply the value that we bring, okay? So let's say that you're just given this one job title, multiply the value that you bring, okay? That it should actually take three people to replace you when you're ready to move on. <laughs> That's multiplying, okay? It takes three people to do a job that you are doing, all right? Think about that. We're here to multiply. So when you think about living an epic life, are you embracing 
these points? Are you multiplying? Are you just maintaining? Are you just getting by? Are you living a defeated life rather than an epic life? Is the antagonist getting the best of you? Are you running from resistance and confrontation? Are you letting the obstacles that you face really break you down and cause you to lose your position in Christ and forget your identity and just avoid being rooted and grounded because that's one of the best strategies that the enemy tries to do. He tries to get you so distracted by your life that you spend no time with God. No time with God means no power and no authority. So that should be a clue that if that's happening in your life, the enemy is getting the best of you and you can't let that happen, okay, when it comes to living an epic life, all right? So that's question number two. And then lastly, what does it look for you? What does it look like for you personally? Not anybody else, because you can't live anybody else's journey. But what does it look like for you personally to start aligning your actions, your choices, your beliefs, your behaviors with the truth of God's word? What does that look like for you? What does that look like for you so that you can start living an epic life? Okay? Woo! Guys, there you have it. (laughs) You have been called to live an epic life. You're not here just to watch them, but you're here to create an epic life. And we've given so much wisdom and backed it with the word of God for how you can do that. So I hope that you will re-listen to this, that maybe you'll go through and you'll write down these verses and that you'll really think about that. Yes, you're a flawed character. So this isn't a journey of perfection. This isn't even a journey of performance, okay? But it is taking your flawed self (laughs) that is a chosen self, right? And pursuing a worthy pursuit in the season that you're in and continuing that pattern and overcoming resistance and the antagonist, whatever he brings, no matter what, right? That's epic. Not everybody lives that way. And that is the narrow path. So my encouragement to you is that you get to tap into a life of freedom. And it's one that's supernatural. It's one that you can't do apart from God, right? But it is the most epic life that you could possibly experience. And imagine the legacy that you'll live behind if you live that way every day. That's my encouragement to you to to weigh this truth, to consider what's been shared with you today and really start living that out. So, If this message blessed you, make sure that you subscribe to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. That is the best way to continue to be able to get this message out into the world and this content out into the world. If the message did bless you, you can also copy the link to the word and share it with a friend. Sometimes it's exactly what they need to hear. So sharing is caring. Make sure that you do that. And then as far as connecting, which is my fave, you can visit julianapage.com. I have two new books coming out this month. I am so, so excited. So keep a lookout for those. There's also other books on the site. There's courses over there and there's different coaching services because I am a master coach and strategist. So I offer so many of my favorite things through my coaching programs and masterminds. So you can go check that out at julianapage.com. And until next time, stay blessed.